0: Thank you so much, um, man. The praise team. Thank you guys so much. Can we just give them a round of applause, please? Um, I, I know that uh, I know that we don't we don't do things just for the for the sake of recognition or praise. But I just man, I really appreciate the heart of worship that is here every Sunday. And I know even for all the ones that play instruments, I was uh, standing in the back door during the song and um, was I was watching Ryan and as he was playing the keyboard and. I know when you're focused on doing something like that, it's hard just to really be in a state of worship because you're so focused. You, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I don't have any musical talent or ability, um, but I would assume, especially with my ADHD, that I would have to be so focused on the next key that I need to hit that, that it would be hard to really um, just be able to be in the moment to worship. And and I could just really tell that he was, and I just really appreciate that because it just it helps um, and adds to the environment of the room as we all seek the Lord at the same time. So thank you so much for... Uh, for how you serve praise team we really appreciate it. We're, we're, we get a great benefit from it um, we're gonna be in uh, the book of Acts this morning in chapter 15 uh, this is actually the last week we're gonna be in Acts for a little while for a few weeks we're gonna begin a series next week uh, on Father's Day it's gonna be a great message I believe for fathers but it's not just for dads um, is it's, it's really good gonna be good for all of us and we're gonna be in this series for um, a few weeks and, and as you maybe have to miss for vacation or you're in and out of town or something like that whether you're here or you're online watching virtually um, it'll be it'll be a lot easier to kind of catch up just week to week when if you if you kind of get out of order and you're here one Sunday and you there's one kind of behind you that you still want to catch up on um, it won't be um, too hard to listen to reverse or it won't be hard to catch up when you come back in here um, it'll be a really great I pray encouragement for you um, as we step out of Acts for just a few weeks and just try to serve our church family that way. Uh, Acts chapter 15 is really right in the middle of the book, um, both in word count and in position in chapter. We really, we really hit a good midway point. I know some of you might be like, wow, we've been in Acts for a while. We just hit the midway point? Yes, there'll be an eventually an end to the book of Acts. Um, not, we'll, we'll get there. Um, my, my prayer is that you're really able to take a lot from it. Um, I, I think it's really brought us to some really helpful things as a church family. Today, um, we're going we're, we're to look at a difficulty that some folks had in chapter 15 and how they resolved it because um, this, this doesn't address every conflict that you can run into because some conflict is really outside of what goes on in chapter 15. Uh, but chapter 15, the, the struggle here um, to me is something that we all probably learn pretty easy in life um, I, I don't know how, I don't know what you get aggravated at. I know I self-confess enough for all of us that I get aggravated at enough things. Um, but um, it's still a pretty current trend that kids and adults and everybody still gets pretty aggravated at that. Um, have you have you ever been, um, you, have you been in a line recently where somebody just cuts in front of you and something? Does that bother you? It keeps me awake at night sometimes. I mean, it's, that, like, I, I, I like, when I was introduced to the whole line concept in school, I don't know what day it was, um, but, but some teachers showed me that there was a line leader, um, and that person was the envy of everyone, like, you got there first, um, you, you, just, you could have guided us across the street, you could have led the group totally out of the school, we were obligated to obey, okay? Um, there's a line leader that was a position to shoot for. My name begin, my last name begins with B. So if they just said line up in alphabetical order, I always had my finger crossed if I just could get all the A's out of the way. I was B A I's, right? So I was I was positioned well for it. Um, but but when you get to the point where you you're in line waiting for something, there's just something morally offensive when somebody cuts in front of you. Can we agree on that? Um, I I remember being a freshman in high school, just starting at the high school that I went to had only gone to eighth grade kind of in that chain of schools did not know a lot of people and and what, the first week of school I'm in line for lunch and there were two seniors ahead of me in line and one of them um, was a little bit vocal we had those people at Eastern Guilford High School um, and somebody cut in front of him and he said some things. He called him some names, um, and, and he used some, some words that were pretty creative. I didn't know somebody could be all those things, um, but but he told him they were. Um, and and he open-hand smacked him, right? I mean, I'm like, I'm a freshman. I'm scared of everything. Um, that's the way freshmen were supposed to be all along. And and I see this happen right in front of me because he cut in line. I was like, rule's still the same, still the same as elementary. High school's still the same. You still can't cut in line, right? I mean, bad stuff happens. Please don't resolve your conflict that way, especially out in public even though secretly in our hearts we, we, we get. It. So we're going to read about something in a second, and, and it's going to feel like to certain people in this story that somebody's cutting in line. And I think this story helps us with something. Um, we're going to disagree with fellow believers, fellow Christians, over certain things in our life, in our existence within a church concept. Okay, Those disagreements, um, I, I, don't, I don't like them. But, but I think I'm uh, enough of a realist to say they're a little bit inevitable. Like, it, it's going to come up, okay? Even two Christians, because that's really what this is amongst. Um, th- this is different believers. We're going to disagree on the should we and shouldn't we of life, okay? Should we do it? Should we not do it? You're going to see things in other people's lives, and and you're going to feel certain ways about it. I'm going to feel certain ways about it. And we're going to have some disagreement. But there's something unique up to us about the body of Christ, that we're supposed to find unity. We're pointed towards this concept of unity everywhere we look in the Scripture. So if that's a necessity, then it's so important about how we come to a resolve. Now, I want to tell you this at the offset. Um, this this particular passage doesn't address um, really when you when you really boil down everything that's going on here. This is not a sin that is overlooked. Okay, so I want to be careful to make sure that we're, we're on the same page about this going you know, as we move forward because if we see sin in someone's life, we're not supposed to shun them, not supposed to despise them. Um, we're always supposed to be against sin, but, but the person that commits that sin is someone that we're called to love, we're called to be in unity with. So we're, we're given that instruction. We're given the instruction of going to that person one-on-one. Right, especially when it's somebody that you have a relationship with. It's going to be very tough to go to somebody when you see something if you don't have any kind of relationship with them. Okay, um, So for the people that we really have good relationships with, we're supposed to, God positions us in their life for that kind of reason, to go to them, let's have a one-on-one talk. Let's talk about what it is that we see, and let's really get down to the root of, well, why is this a sin? Not, don't, I, if you just tell me, hey, Derek, you just shouldn't do that, that, that's an empty feeling, right? That, that's just more of a, it feels more personal, like we're not on the same page. It's a little bit one on one versus one, but if we talk about, hey, what does it really mean to live for the Lord over this matter? Now we're talking about the same thing, and it's it's kind of outside of being between the two of us. If there's disagreement there, the, the Bible gives us instruction. Jesus gives us instruction on how to address that, especially if it's something that's public. and And really, the, the goal is not the, the the goal is not ultimately for separation. It's for um, it's for reconciliation, um, and and that concept is there in Scripture. Today, we're going to talk about the, the other kind of stuff, stuff that we just can't quite, can't quite seem to get on the same page about. I want to start reading this, uh, verse 1, chapter 15. Um, and the word circumcision is in here. This word comes up a lot in the New Testament. Um, this was a major issue for them. Um, this is not something that we ever argue over. Uh, as a church, this is not something that the American culture and church argues over. Um, we have other things that could, could fill in the place of this. This represented... Um, culturally a lot. So when you see this word in here, it's, it's everything from their past that was an outward sign that they were set apart for the Lord. This was, this was something that was supposed to happen in their life. This was given a time frame. This was even if you were outside the family of God, you had to still go back if you were a male and go through this process to become a Jew, to become part of this nation um, that, that knew God and followed God. Um, so when you see this, this may not seem like a big deal, but you're gonna kind of see how it shapes up to be a pretty big deal for them. It says some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers. This is now so these are Jews coming into a a Gentile culture. In other words, this is this is a various culture um, of people from lots of backgrounds. They just weren't Jews. They began to teach them. Now, when it says brothers, it means this this is Christian to Christian interaction. It says, unless you are uncir- unless you were circumcised according to the Uh, custom prescribed by Moses you cannot be saved now that would seem like odd news because for all of these people when they heard the gospel they heard the same kind of gospel I pray that you heard when you entered into the kingdom of God that, that salvation is through Jesus Christ alone and it is a gift of grace given to us not that we earn it the Bible says that that while we were sinners Christ died for our sin Um, It also says that that our our best is like filthy rags before the righteousness of Jesus Christ, before the righteousness of God. So we we didn't have to be, praise the Lord, good enough to earn or deserve a relationship with a perfect and holy God. In fact, in the worst condition that we've ever been in, his love was greater for us than that, to pursue us. Okay? So that's the gospel that, that we we believe and I, I we're confident in we can be confident in that these people heard when they heard the gospel of salvation through Jesus, then the break like there's a squilling of breaks and there's a group of people that come in there and say hey yes we you know we're fellow you know we, we believe um, in Jesus as well we're Christians but let me let me let me help you with something you've gotten this out of order you you kind of cut in line here, unless you go through these other religious rites you you can't be saved. And, and we read that and automatically go, man, what is wrong with you people? And I think that's one direction we can all jump when a problem comes up. We can always look at somebody from our own perspective and go, man, what is wrong with you? You don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't understand the differences between me and you. You, you grew up a different way than I did. You see things differently than I see them. And we could just chalk it up to that and just go on. But if we do that, we're still left with division existing. And remember as a body of Christ we're always called to unity now consider this for a second if 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 we do what I believe that we should do which is let's take into consideration that the person that we're talking to is an image bearer of God in other words we want to see their kingdom value so we can appreciate them the right way so that we can interact with them the right way okay so if we look at this group of people that came down did they handle this right no I don't, make, I, 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 don't, I don't believe you should make excuses for people that just handle things wrong. Um, all that does is it just rewards bad behavior, okay? We, we shouldn't do that as believers. If somebody shouldn't handle, didn't handle something right, then that in itself, if it offends someone, then that in itself needs to be addressed, okay? But, but let's consider where this group of people comes from that's struggling with this issue. From Abraham forward, God called a people, and he gave certain signs to them that showed the world that they were they were different than everyone else. This happened to be one of those signs. And they took this very seriously. They, they took this as law that was given to them to fulfill, that, that they would show that they were a nation that belonged to God. Now, when when this continued on, Jesus also, born into this same lineage as a Jew, he himself went through circumcision. It said, In fact, when, when, the when Jesus says that I, I'm not here to abolish the law, but I'm here to fulfill it, he kept every part of the law that God gave so that he could be publicly seen as sinless and understood to be that way with people that walked through life with him so that when he said, I'm here to die in your place, they could go, that's right, because you don't have anything to pay for. You can pay for my sin, Jesus, because you don't have sin of your own. If Jesus had one sin, then if in his death, he would have only been able to pay for his sin. He could not have done a representative death for me, okay? So all these people know, all these Jewish Christians know is from, from everything in their history up through the Jesus that they believed in, everybody, all these first Christians, early church, were Jews. So when they saw other people outside of their religion and their nationality they saw, it, their, their, their culture, when they saw other people coming to Christ, it completely blew their mind. All of these original apostles, all Jews, they didn't understand a concept. In fact, I mean, th- their past taught them, if you want to belong to the family of God, you've got to go through these things to belong. Well, remember, that that's not a pure gospel message. And honestly, they struggled with it. I mean, think about it. If, if you if you had a life, and I think we see this kind of emerge sometimes in our own church cultures this way. If someone was like me, a church kid all their life, they grew up in church, they've been around it, that's kind of what they did. When they see someone else come to Christ later in life, and all of a sudden, they, they hear, okay, they're, they're a Christian, they believe in Jesus like I do, but you know their habits of life look totally different than mine. You know they don't automatically kind of do the same things that I do or stay away from the same things I do all of a sudden it's kind of like well I don't I don't know that we see everything the same we, we start to see a difference in ourselves and that other person and vice versa you, you come in later in life saved and you say okay I've never been part of a church family before these people seem to talk a language and kind of get something that I don't get it, it, it does exist in certain ways now it continues on verse 2 it says after Paul and Barnabas had in Engaged them in serious argument and debate. In other words, um, Paul did did not like this this whole lesson that was taught at all. Says Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go up to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem about this issue. When they had been sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and they brought great joy to the brothers and sisters. So here's here's the scenario somebody comes in here telling people hey if you're really gonna be saved you got to do a B and C and and it was it was it was not needed at all Um, Paul and Barnes were like no this is wrong you're wrong and we're gonna tell I'm gonna tell you how you're wrong and I'm going to explain to you why well you say may say well why why are they going to Jerusalem why why make this a bigger deal than maybe it was it was a huge deal because at this point you have literally a group of people who saw themselves never really outside of God's family just continually in it even in their own salvation through Jesus and and they see a bunch of other people that look like they're cutting in line like hey you're getting in on this and you didn't have to do all this other stuff it's funny Jesus in Matthew chapter 20 tells a parable about a vineyard owner and three groups of people that he goes out and recruits and some of the parables that Jesus teaches he starts them with this statement he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and you can always underword that, that word like in your Bible. In fact, draw a circle around it, and then you can draw arrows to other things that come after because the, the scenario that Jesus describes starts to tell you um, oftentimes somebody in that parable is identified as representing himself or, or God, and then the people in the story often represent us and show us probably sometimes not some of the greatest parts of ourselves. So what he does is he goes out and recruits this first um, this first group of employees, and he makes them a deal. He says, look, you come out, you work for me, I'll pay you a fair day's wage. So they start. He goes out midday. He says to, to the same people, he says, listen, um, come in here, I'll pay you fair wages, um, come in here and work. They come in. He also goes out at the end of the day. They, they weren't going to get done in time. So he goes out and recruits a third group of people. He says, listen, I'll pay you fairly, just come in here and work. Well, what happens is they line up. In reverse order to get paid in other words the ones that showed up last were gonna get their money first they got paid a certain amount the second group got paid the same amount the third group got paid the same amount that first group that showed up early in the morning were like whoa 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 they, they thought just like you and I would hang on a second I showed up on time for work I worked all day I know what minimum wage is I know what we agreed to I'm done the math no 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 this is unfair and, and the kingdom of heaven is like a merciful, gracious God who doesn't hold years of sin away from somebody. When he, when he calls them into his family, when they're welcomed in, they're welcomed in with full rights and benefits and grace and forgiveness that everyone is. It doesn't matter at what season of life you showed up to the family get-together. And that's hard for some people. Some people have an issue with that. It's an opportunity to grow through it. So they show up at Jerusalem, so they're really going to handle this. It says, when they arrived at Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, again, they repeated, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. They did not want anybody to cut in line. The apostles and the elders gathered to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them. Now, if you, if you remember what we've already read in, in Acts, if you remember about Peter's interaction with Cornelius, God showed him this vision. He said this statement very clear, clear to Peter. Um, how can you call um, anything unclean that I've declared clean? In other words, how can you say to somebody, they don't have a place in my family if I've told them that they do? If I've said I've died for all, Peter, that means all. So Peter, having learned that lesson, not completely, it, it, you know, Peter's like us. He Later in life, it, you know, he, he has some blips on the radar that he doesn't perform quite as well on. But, but, but he speaks up. He says, brothers, you are aware that in early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit. He said, that's all the evidence. Peter basically says this, that's all the evidence I needed to see to know that they're in the same family that I'm in. He saw evidence of the Holy Spirit in them. He saw the, whole, uh, he saw the Holy Spirit come into them. He says, just as, um, just as also he did to us, he made no distinction between them and us, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. A Christian can really hurt another Christian because the the idea of this yoke around the neck, in other words, the yoke is something that an animal would, would have put around them to keep them in line and help them push forward in the field to be able to plow ground. Um, That that plowing of ground is a good image of what we're supposed to be up to in the kingdom of God. We're trying to break ground with the gospel in other people's lives. That yoke, Jesus talks about it as, hey, don't carry the one that the world wants to give you. Carry mine. Do the things that I talk to you about doing because those are the most important things. You can handle the stuff that I call you to do. And that's great encouragement. That means that everything that Jesus calls us to, even if it feels like it could be a big change for me, that Jesus tells me, I can handle the change because it's going to be through his power. This highlights a very important truth. If a Christian puts a yoke on someone, hey, I think you ought to really do this. I think this is how you ought to live. And it's really not gospel righteousness, then that's something that that person may not be able to carry. And it will it will cripple them. It will slow their walk down. It will hinder them in ways that's real, and we need to be aware of that. In other words, there's things in our life that we may feel like, hey, this is what it means to be a Christian, that in fact are just convictions of ourselves. It may not be, thus says the Lord, okay? And that's what they're really struggling with right now, which means there is a yoke that we are able to bear to be able to live righteously, but it's one that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to. Verse 12, "Um, the whole assembly became silent. they're, They're trying to digest that one. That, that one was tough. Um, the whole assembly became silent. And listen to Barnabas and Paul describe the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they stopped speaking, James responded, Brothers, listen to me. Um, Simeon has reported how God first intervened to take from the Gentiles a people for his name. And the words of the prophet agree with this as it is written, After these things I will return to rebuild David's fallen tent. I will rebuild its ruins and set it up again so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, declares the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore, in my judgment, he's basically saying, Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm hearing this passage. God clearly has a plan to bring people into this family. He says, from my judgment, we should not cause difficulties for those among the Gentiles who turn from God. But instead, we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from eating anything that has been strangled, and from blood. For since ancient times, Moses had those who proclaimed him and every day, and every Sabbath day, he is read aloud in the synagogues. Now, you hang on a second. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of a solution. The the problem was that they wanted people to go through a certain process, and that was really too much because it it didn't agree with salvation through grace in Jesus Christ totally. And 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 James goes, hey, listen, you know, I I, I agree with you, Peter. that the the Gentiles are welcome into God's family. The gospel is for them too. But then he comes back and says, but you know what? I do think we ought to we ought to we ought to write some stuff to them, and we 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 should ask them to not eat certain things. We should ask them um, to be sexually pure. We we should ask them to to consider what they're consuming in their body. Now, this was not this was not the same kind of approach at all. Okay, this is not the same kind of approach. Number one, the biggest difference is heart intent. James is looking at people going, you know what, they're an image bearer of God. They deserve to hear the gospel. I, I, I want them reached. I want to be part of helping with that movement. What he wrote to them about had to do with one, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll handle this one first, sexual immorality. So, James understood that it's echoed all through God's word that living sexually impure is a very um, guaranteed way to have our hearts aimed in directions that are not to the Lord. Um, it's a sin that happens with our bodies outside of us. It also happens inside of us with our thoughts and everything that proceeds there. And, and I would argue... When we look at sexual impurity, everything outside of just sex between husband and wife in the confines of marriage, that, that's a good example of God's, God's purity, God's holiness and devotion. So if we say, okay, this is, it, it means something serious to be devoted to the Lord, then, then anything that's not that is going to ultimately lead my heart away from him. It was a practical lifestyle that was going to automatically lead their hearts away from the Lord. So he said, let's address that. The other things... Were steeped into again Jewish culture and they weren't things that were going to go away they couldn't be covered up by clothes a lot of it had to deal with sitting down and having a meal together and that has to do with the thing called fellowship see here's what's here's this was James's heart he said I don't want to say anything or do anything or be on board with anything that will slow down reaching people for Christ if they're on the outside of God's family I want them reached but once they're inside the family of God we have to have good fellowship now there was still not complete agreement on this but here's where James spoke up he said listen if I'm gonna ask someone to do something if I'm gonna ask them to to potentially discipline themselves in a certain way or when they're in certain environments to consider someone else I want to ask them to do things that will help build good fellowship and community. I want people sitting down at the table together, eating a meal, finding out about how their life is going, pouring into someone else in discipleship. I want to make sure that people are with people and that the needless things that, that separate us aren't what we're stressed about. And from this concept, I think, it's, I think it's a good thing for us to consider. Uh, for me, if, 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 I, if I want someone reached, then I gotta take them the gospel. But once they're saved, I, I need to I need to have a heart for that person. And and if there's something that I can do that will enable me and them to be in better fellowship, if it's not a sin, I at least ought to be open to considering to doing that or, or, or just having a conversation with I should position myself to be able to talk to them and be able to have community and have fellowship with them. Which means a couple things are going to have to happen. I have to both consider what I can do, but I also have need to consider what I should be able to get over. There's two sides. Because if I hold something in my heart so securely that's not a sin, I just don't like it. I just think I think it's wrong. If I hold that so tightly that it keeps me from being in fellowship with somebody that's a believer, then I'm the one, in fact, that's sinning. Now, this is going to play out this way. They're going to send people, and they're going to send a letter. And this is how chapter 15 continues on. And and when they came, they did a few things. Number one, they told the Gentiles, they said, listen, some people showed up here, and number one, we need you to know, we didn't send them. Right? Have you ever had to come in behind somebody who just wrecks a total? I mean, like totally wrecks a situation, and you just you're like, you know what? I, like, I don't even, I can't correct what they did, but I, but I need to say something. And, and almost the best thing that I can say right now is, hey, you, the last person, idiot. And that's not the best thing to say, I know, but 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 like they they goofed it up. They didn't handle it right. Because again, we we can't like if we if we ignore if we ignore Christians handling things wrong. We're not helping the kingdom of God. Sometimes we just have to say and acknowledge, hey, listen, whether I did or someone said, that, that wasn't right. And let's all, let's all go, okay, yeah, we can all shake our head on that one. Hey, listen, when we're all shaking our heads, you know what that means? We're starting to, we're starting to be on the same page. We, we can find common ground on something. So they said, hey, listen, they, they really messed this thing up. And then they start reading this letter. And that letter says that, hey, there are some things that we could do to make sure that fellowship and community happens. And and I want to read to you some of the result of that. I think it's I think it's remarkable. Um verse thirty. So they were sent off and went down to Antioch, and after gathering the assembly, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Wow. You mean to tell me that we can we can come into a room as Christians disagreeing on something? We can we cannot, we can actually propose some things that that might may, may still be a cost, might still take some effort from, from both sides of this discussion. And there can be an encouragement from that? Yes, when our heart is to reach people and build relationships between us. And and that in itself, when you have a heart for Jesus is enough and it's amazing when our hearts are at that place what we're open to do for others and what we're able to get over in our own minds in our own history in our own culture about things that we've held on so tightly to again it's not a compromise on sin and and the proof of that I believe is this so so this is referred to as the Apostles decree in other words they kind of made a decision and it represented the opinion of a lot of people because the, at this point the church even though it was rapidly growing it was still predominantly Jewish Christians and and the tables were getting ready to turn The the tide was getting ready to switch it, it, was, it was getting ready to tilt and and now all of a sudden and, and we see it in history now there's a lot more Gentile Christians than there are Jewish Christians but for this season, for the church to be healthy, they needed to find this common heart for the gospel to move forward and for relationships to be healthy and be close and be built. And there was, there was encouragement from that. Now, um, when, when we see this, when we see this, how do we really take this into our lives? Um, Paul continued on his missionary journeys. If you read all of Paul's letters that are written after this date, Paul never goes back. You'll never see Paul go back and say, hey, are you still eating the right diet? Are you still doing these right things? Paul, was he was a purist. He was like, hey, listen, this is where I'm at. I've seen the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in believers, so they are in God's family. I'm not going to require them to go back and adopt any of this stuff. He disagreed with people over that. But Paul was also somebody who came back and wrote, I can can become all things to all people that I might win some. He understood it even though his convictions weren't necessarily the same and they didn't carry out in every environment he went to. If he was the only Jewish Christian that was in the room, he didn't ask everybody to change their diet because it wasn't a big deal to him. So what do we have to really do as believers? and I would encourage you to do this sometime um, because this has been a great help to me in my life I would I, I, and I've, I've literally done this I've taken a piece of paper and I've written down things that I would say I think that that I might not do others might do that would that would be something that I would ever term wrong or not appropriate and I've, I've written them down and I've made a list then I've I've taken that list and I've worked that list through Scripture not trying to find out um, a way to justify my opinions or justify their position, but said, okay, over these things, Lord, what does your scripture speak to about these? How can you grow me in perspective in these areas so that I might be part of reaching others and building community and relationships deeply, deeply? And it's amazing, it's amazing how God can open up truth to give you some of the most healthy perspective on things that you've ever had. But ultimately, it comes down to this. If you see something coming up inside of you, from either perspective, from the Jewish Christian perspective, if you see yourself ever being judgmental, or if you ever see yourself looking at someone else going, hey, listen, you don't understand where I'm coming from. You've been part of something longer than I, if you see either side of that kind of swelling up on the inside and wanting to defend itself, that's the Holy Spirit's reminder that, hey, my heart's a little bit, more for me than it is for others right now And if I'm called to love the Lord with all my heart soul mind and strength and love others as myself then I need to step back and ease off of that for a minute catch my breath take some time to make sure that at the end of the day my heart is for them and it's not for anything else would you bow your heads for just a minute Um, as I said this is the halfway point in the book of Acts and I, I believe what we're going to see, what you're going to see next, that what, what happens next is some of the, some of the most amazing stories. You, you go another couple chapters and you see Paul and Silas locked up in prison. Um, you, you see some amazing things happen as the gospel is spreading all over the world and as the kingdom grows. So I find it so remarkable that prior to that. The Holy Spirit leads Luke to write about how a conflict was handled within the body of Christ, within between Christians, amongst the church. Because growth, reaching others, doesn't just push down conflict to the point that it goes away. We're always called to reach, but we're always called as a church to be the healthiest body of Christ that we could be, and much of that happens in our minds, our hearts, and our conversations. Many times we think, well, it's really about the stuff that people do. No, it's it's, it's minds, hearts, and conversations. What we say about someone, oftentimes, is far more damaging than what we ever do in front of them. So, as part of the body of Christ, I want to just encourage you. This is, and I, I'm not preaching this because I know of a disagreement that exists. I'm saying that that this heart and this mindset will continue to keep us as a church family loving the Lord and loving well each other. Lord, thank you so much for your Word today. God, thank you for the grace that it gives us, the reminder, Lord, that um, being a being a Christian isn't about a list of things that I could do and not do. But, Lord, it is, in fact, following Jesus. Jesus pursues people. So in our pursuit of people, we're going to run into things that, in our opinions, may differ. But, Lord, we can anchor everything we do or we don't do back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, what does Jesus give us the freedom to do or the freedom to abstain from? And God, the things that we do and the opinions that we have are are not what's supposed to drive us towards um, unity. Lord, the Holy Spirit drives us towards unity. So God, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, allow us as Christians to grow in this season of life. So Lord, that we know the things that we should participate in, the things that we should abstain from. Not because it's it's either culturally accepted or culturally rejected. But God, we just truly dig into your word to find out, Lord, um, how should I live in a way that honors Christ? How should that play out? And Lord, help us to be open to do things for others that would allow them to be able in that moment to deepen in fellowship and grow in their relationship, Lord, with you. Help us as Christians, God, to be able to get over the things that we need to get over and especially our opinions, Lord, so that we can deepen our relationships with others and we can grow in our knowledge of, Lord, who you are and our experience, Lord, with you. Lord, thank you so much for how you've blessed this community of believers. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.